Yo, 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 how's it going everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage It's me, the guy who does this show David Castle, aka Homage the Lion Killer Thanks a lot for tuning in Uh, Got some fun things to talk about today on the 17th of March 2021 I hope you're all doing well out there I think it's St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? Yes, I believe it is. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all my Irish friends, all my Irish listeners, friends, colleagues, acquaintances. What an exciting day. Uh, Hope you got some fun things planned today. Go drink some some Irish beer. What do they drink anyways? Mickey's? Yeah, go drink a Mickey's. Uh... Anyways, lots of stuff going on in the news today. I hope you enjoyed last the last show. It was a little different from what we normally do. Uh, had to pay homage to the late, great Alan Watt, who passed away tragically on March 4th. He marched forth into the unknown. And uh, it was a big influence on me, and I admired the guy a lot, so I wanted to introduce you guys to him and into his work so you could see if you, if you want to listen to it and uh, dive deeper into that. There's a lot to learn. Uh, but today I'm just kind of going to freestyle it, do it how I normally do it, and just talk. I got a couple articles we can get into. Um, but what's new with me, you ask? Oh, not a whole lot. I was driving through my town yesterday, through good old Carson City, and I was thinking to myself, man, what a shitty little town. Uh, <laughs> it, there's just nothing nice about it. And and I mean the, the town itself, like the architecture. Um it's just very bland and boring, and I think most of America is like that, at least on the west. Maybe there's some older towns uh, on, east, on the east coast or in the south that have some nice architecture, but here it's just the very bland, boring, terrible architecture. It's like that tan and gray stucco that's just so lame to look at, and it's, it does nothing for me. And I was thinking to myself, why is everything like this? It's 2021. We're the richest country in the world, even though we have probably the most debt. It's like $29 trillion in debt now. But regardless of that, we're the richest country in the world, and uh, all the shit we build is just looks like shit. It, it, do, it doesn't look good. And you could look, um, look up like Florence, Italy, or Barcelona, or... Any place like that, and the architecture is just incredible. It's beautiful. It, like it touches the soul, and I can only imagine what it would be like to live in a place like that and get to look at that kind of stuff every day. And it's like, why don't we build stuff like that anymore? And uh, that's a rhetorical question because I know the answer. It's because they don't want us to for there to be beauty surrounding us and and expression and. Uh, individuality and creative creativeness creativity uh everything's supposed to be bland and boring and that cookie cutter uh type of architecture which is just it sucks to be surrounded by that not that i would really want to be in italy right now because i know their covid restrictions are even worse than they are here but the architecture there is just way more impressive and it it doesn't really make sense if you think about it in terms of when that stuff was built, it was built a very long time ago in comparison to how young America is. <clears throat> but our, our architecture is just so boring and 
uh, just not good to look at. And I think it's uh, that stuff rubs off on you on the on the population because uh, you are a product of your environment. Uh, regardless of of what people might tell you, it's just, it has an effect on you. And if your environment has no art and no expression and no good architecture, then it creates bland, boring people who are easy to control and uh, and they don't think much about anything. Because when you when you look at these beautiful cities like Florence or or uh, Barcelona or Milan, and and back in the day, Dresden, Germany was was the one of the most beautiful cities in the entire world uh, until they blew it up in World War II. The Allies bombed it to smithereens, and that's what Slaughterhouse-Five is about by Kurt Vonnegut, because he was there in a slaughterhouse when it got blown up. And it, But it was one of the most incredible artistic cities to ever be created by mankind, and they just leveled the place. And it's it's a crime against humanity when that kind of stuff happens, when you demolish these beautiful buildings. And I think there's an agenda behind that. And I was driving through my city yesterday and I was thinking, man, there's really only one nice building in this entire town. And it was built over 100 years ago in the 1800s. And I was like, why is that? We got all this money and, uh, you know, the, the government's just throwing throwing out money like it's going out of style, just printing it out of thin air. Why don't we build something nice? But we can't even keep the roads up. And uh, really, if you want to get uh, some beauty in your life, where I'm from, you just got to go out into nature because nature's still beautiful. Um, but I was just thinking about that and on how the architecture in modern America and everything they build is this boring, bland, tan building. Maybe it's, sometimes it's brick. Most of the time it's stucco where I'm at. And it's just boring and all you see is these corporate logos starbucks burger king mcdonald's whatever all these stupid logos on top of this boring ass bland shitty building that they're probably going to demolish in 10 years to replace it with another shitty boring building and it's like why do we live like this man what what are they doing to us here and uh this is part of the agenda though that that we live in and i think it's something that often gets overlooked is just the destruction of art and uh, that side of, of human expression and creativity that is being stifled. And um, it's just, it's not what it used to be. I think that that part of the human experience used to be, um, it used to be well-regarded and it used to be held in high esteem and it used to be celebrated. And it was reflected in the architecture, in the buildings, in the bridges, in the streets, um, and, and the artwork, the statues and the paintings. And now it's just, it's, it's kind of been destroyed. And, uh, and I think that is done intentionally, not by, um, every construction worker out there. They're not all in on it. It's just, they, they build what they're told to build and there's a prevailing style of the times and they go with that. And yeah, it would be more expensive to build these elaborate, beautiful buildings like you see in, uh, in Europe, but we really got nothing like that here in uh, in America. San Francisco is a very nice town, at least it used to be. It's overrun by the homeless now, which sucks. Um, sucks for the homeless, and it sucks for the people who live there, and it's very expensive to live there. But they do have some very beautiful buildings, and I have a lot of questions about San Francisco and the history of it and what really went on there. Um, there's some people 
on the internet, John Levi in particular, who has a YouTube channel where he goes uh, to these these old buildings and kind of asks these questions like, how did this thing get here? When did they really build this? And, and um, some of the architecture in San Francisco just seems like it couldn't have been built in the time frame where they said it was built because it was only recently um, a recently established city after the gold rush. And supposedly it was built due to uh, Virginia City and all the silver coming out of the Comstock load in Virginia City and all that wealth went to build San Francisco. And then just miraculously, after a couple decades, you have this huge, a beautiful city with some of the most elaborate architecture in America. And then a lot of that was destroyed in the early 1900s by an earthquake and a fire um, that kind of leveled the town. And then they rebuilt it really quickly. So I think that there's a lot that isn't told to us about history and about how old some of these towns are, um, particularly sounds, towns like uh, San Francisco and Salt Lake City and uh, different hubs like that, where we're told that pioneers just came with nothing on their nothing but what they had on their backs and what they could fit in their wagon and then they just build these super nice cities with like castles and palaces and just incredible stuff and uh, there's also a lot of questions to be answered about things like the the world's fair and uh how they would build these entire giant parks with with beautiful buildings and statues and all this stuff just to be used temporarily for the world's fair and it seems like stuff we we couldn't even do today, at least in the time frame where they said it was done back then, uh, when they were supposedly just using hand tools and electricity was just being introduced. So it's just something I was thinking about. This type of talk would be uh, better done better if it was aided by some beautiful pictures. But you can look them up on the internet while you're listening to this. And think about the town you live in and the strip malls and the and the boring fast food buildings and gas stations and just how shitty everything looks. And it kind of sucks to point that out, but it's true. And uh, how could you ever make anything better if you don't point out what's fucked up about it? So just my two cents on the shitty modern architecture we're surrounded by in this world. But, you know, shout out to the people who do cool stuff with their homes. If they, they build a home and maybe they paint it nice or, or have some uh, nice things in the yard. And there's things you could do to liven things up a bit. But for the most part, corporate America and the the buildings we're surrounded by are not very nice. And they're all painted the same color. There's, not, there's no personality. There's nothing beautiful. And uh, architects, man, you guys got to step your game up, man. Why are you building the same shitty building everywhere? So that's what I think about that. Uh, in other news, we have been in the COVID pandemic, two weeks to flatten the curve for for a year now. <laughs> it's It's been a year-long two weeks. And I made a little post on um, Instagram talking about everything that was going on and just how ridiculous everything has been this past year and everything that's happened. And it really is incredible when you... Uh, when you fucking go into an exam and so 15 years to stop the spread and then it turned into a global lockdown, the whole world went on lockdown all at the same time. And that's how you know that it was planned uh, well ahead of time and uh, the, it took a long time to get everybody into the right position uh, in the various governments throughout the world 
and in the health administrations and all of that in order for everyone to respond in the exact same way at the exact same time and do the exact same thing on a global scale. That that goes to show you that we already have a global government in place. Um, it's just not publicly acknowledged. But COVID is is uh, being used to to kind of bring that into the forefront and uh, just make it the new normal. So, yeah, global lockdown because of COVID, this this new disease that popped on the scene, and there was a bunch of people were just confused, and they didn't know what to make of it. And uh, a lot of people were very nervous at first because we didn't really know how serious it was. We had all of the propaganda coming out of China, uh, people falling down dead in the streets. We had videos of that, which now have probably turned out to be fake because that shit doesn't happen with COVID. Uh, there were videos of the Chinese government like barricading entire states or uh, cities and blocks and making it so people couldn't get out of their buildings. You saw videos of these trucks going down the street and spraying this gas like throughout these streets in China and we still don't know what that was. So there's a lot of weird questions to be answered um, about what happened in the beginning of this. And then they locked down Wuhan, which was the first time a city had ever been locked down with that large of a population. And it was a historic event. And that's when I kind of knew that shit was going down. Um, so yeah, after that, they, they forced all of the businesses to close. They shut down the economy, which had never been for, never before been done. Um, and it was a weird response, a response that doesn't make sense to, to an illness. Usually you quarantine the sick people and not uh, all the healthy people. It, it, it doesn't make sense. You contain the virus by quarantining the sick people, not everybody else. So it was just, it was a stupid response. And that's how you know it was, it was, uh, there was an ulterior motive behind that. So all the small businesses have shut, shut down, not all of them. But a lot of them, how could you survive when you're not allowed to do business? And uh, that resulted in massive unemployment. And then another byproduct of the unemployment was they have these stimulus packages that they did, that Donald Trump did, and which Biden is now continuing to do, where they give you extra money for unemployment, um, and they they extend it too, so you could just stay on it. <laughs> and um, And that's created resentment between the people who have had to continue working and the people who've just been chilling, collecting unemployment. Because the people who are just chilling are, are making almost the same amount of money, if not more, than the people who are deemed to be essential from the get-go. So there's that that little resentment that's been created as a result of that. Uh, the live music business has been devastated. You got all these artists who their primary source of income was to tour and uh, play their music at live venues. And that has gone away with. So right when all this stuff started, you saw a huge influx of um, musicians advertising uh, using social media on Instagram and Facebook and stuff because that's all they could do. They were pushing their merch and whatnot and trying to, to stay afloat and keep doing what they love. And it sucks that that has been taken away. <clears throat> it seems like it's slowly being reintroduced, uh, some of the venues reopening, but with what rules? Are we all going to have to have the vaccine to go see a show now? If that's the case, I'm not even going to do shows anymore. Fuck that. Uh, so yeah, everyone was stuck at home. It was really weird. The The streets were empty. And 
I would drive around and, and no one else would be on the road. It was kind of nice. Um, everyone was buying toilet paper for some reason because we didn't know how long we would be stuck at home. And another weird thing that happened, well, uh, toilet paper in Gematria equals the same thing as coronavirus, I believe it is. Uh, Gematria being this form of numerology that, that the elite... Uh, the weird Illuminati motherfuckers, Jesuits, whatever you want to call them, they encode certain events with Gematria. It's weird. Look it up. I don't know. Zachary Hubbard does a lot of work with that. Not saying I agree with everything, but it's interesting. And you had the media just constantly peddling this fear and making it seem like we're all going to die. And we all have to stay home. You all have to quarantine. They introduce these new terms like social distance, um, we're all in this together. There's all this weird propaganda that would, would pull on your emotions. And um, and then at first, Fauci was saying, don't wear a mask. It's stupid to wear a mask. Uh, those should be saved for our medical personnel. The mask won't even do anything for you. It's not going to stop the virus. And then it, masks became mandatory, and now the cops will beat, you, beat the shit out of you if you don't have a mask even though the masks have been proven to do more harm than good. Um, but you can't say that to people or you're just an asshole. Um, so, yeah, you go into the grocery store, there's all these weird stickers on the ground telling you to stay six feet apart. And it was really surreal to see all this stuff happening and and how quickly the changes were implemented. Uh, um Yeah, so you got the face diapers. The flu disappeared. You can look at the statistics now. There is no more flu. Everything is just COVID. All these illnesses were being redesignated as COVID. The hospitals were getting more money um, if they had COVID patients. And if they put these people onto ventilators, they got like tens of thousands of dollars to put these patients on ventilators and to push the certain drugs. Now, of course, they're pushing the vaccine. And you also had these other drugs that were used to treat what they were calling COVID, um, things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine that were just attacked and slandered by the media, even though doctors who like went to school for this shit and know what they're doing uh, were um, prescribing it to their patients and it was working, um, that wasn't the route they wanted to go. They want everyone to have this vaccine, this experimental mRNA, unapproved vaccine, gene therapy Fucking experiment that the big pharma companies aren't liable for if it kills you. So, anyways, uh, you had the dancing nurses on TikTok looking like complete fucking idiots. And I made a post about that that got, got a lot of flack for that. Everyone was defending them, saying, uh, they're heroes. They're just trying to relieve stress. But if, if there was really a pandemic and ever, the situation was so dire, would they really be dancing? And having a fucking dance battle in the middle of the empty hospital. You had uh, YouTubers walking through the hospitals pointing out how they were empty. And uh, I went to the local hospital here and they made a special point of no cameras allowed. Um, you know, they'll throw you out. They won't even let you in the hospital right now if you have a family member who is getting a surgery and you want to be there for them. They won't let you in. Uh, they wouldn't. They won't let you in to see your grandparents, and that was a big propaganda thing they used. Was you're going to kill grandma if you go outside, and if you if you break your social distancing rules and don't do what the government says, then you don't care about grandma. So that was a big bullshit propaganda thing. 
And uh, a lot of people died in these nursing homes, particularly in New York, where Governor Cuomo uh, intentionally sent COVID-positive patients into nursing homes and infected the entire nursing home and caused these um, these people who are susceptible to that because they're old and their immune system's shitty because you're fucking old, <laughs> caused all these people to die. And it's really sad, you know, because that's people's grandparents. So that's, that's our that's our, um, that's our history. We wouldn't be here without them. And our government is just fucking exterminating them on purpose. And then now you see all of these sexual allegations coming out about Cuomo. And I really think that's to distract from the fact that he killed all of these elderly people in these nursing homes. And it's fucked up, man. My grandma just died, and uh, I, I hardly got to see her at all this year because she was in a nursing home too. And we got her out right before she died. So luckily she didn't have to die in there because she didn't want that, but it sucks um, that the government is is doing this to us and telling us where we can go, when we can go there, and and who we can see, and, and ha- even getting down to how far away from each other we can be. There was all these arbitrary rules about... Um, you know, like at the grocery store, they put up all this plexiglass. Like, what the fuck does the plexiglass do? <laughs> um, they There was a coin shortage all of a sudden where nobody could use cash and, and, and they couldn't give you change because all of a sudden we just ran out of coins when COVID happens. And then uh, in addition to that, you had the media propagating this, this race war by... by putting special focus on certain things that happen with the cops and not other things and making it seem like everyone's racist. So you had the whole Black Lives Matter movement, which was hijacked by the LGBTQ question mark community for their own purposes. Um, some communist shit, if you ask me. But you had that uh, in addition to that too. And then you had the left versus right thing because of course it was an election year and you still have People thinking that all this stuff was just to get Trump out of office. Uh, So you had the Democrat versus Republican, and that was at an all-time high. Just the resentment between those two factions, which is totally controlled. Two wings of the same bird. And uh, it's all intentional. That's why it's all happening at the same time. Like the, The likelihood of all of this shit randomly happening at the same time is just... It's astronomical. It's It's all part of a big plan. And prefacing all these events was was all of this propaganda and predicted programming coming in the form of fiction uh, through movies and TV shows that were trending at the time when all this shit happened, movies like Contagion, and then you had uh, that other one that came out about the comic book. What the fuck was that? I talked about it on here. Uh, I forget what it's called, but I watched it, and it predicted all of this stuff. You had things like Event 201, Bill Gates talking about how he wants to depopulate the world with vaccines and and him the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Johns Hopkins um collaborating on the event 201 thing where they simulated a coronavirus outbreak and and how they would respond to the conspiracy theorists and and how the governments would respond. So all this shit was planned before. That's all what I'm trying to get at. You will know all this stuff. It's what we've been talking about. But I just want to give you a little rundown. Um, what else do we have? Yeah, now now you got countries like Israel uh, moving towards the mandatory vaccination, making it so you can't do things if you don't have the vaccine, and that was always part of the plan. 
Um, and now you have the vaccine passport becoming a reality as well. So you have to take this experimental vaccine, which isn't even approved, and I don't think people realize that. it's You're literally part of the experiment right now if you get the vaccine. Um, but but you're being prodded towards taking it. And, and everyone's saying that the world can't go back to normal unless you get this vaccine. And the, the pharmaceutical companies aren't liable um, if you die right when, right when they inject you with it. And a big story is Marvin Hagler just died, the incredible boxer, one of the best boxers of all time. After he got the, the vaccine, he died. At least that's what Tommy Hearns said, and they have one of the most historic fights in, in boxing history. Tommy Hearns came out and said that Marvin Hagler was in the hospital after getting the vaccine, and then he died, and he said it was because of the vaccine. And then you had Marvin Hagler's wife come out and say, no, 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 it wasn't because of the vaccine. So she's kind of doing some damage control, and, and who knows what to believe. Uh, you also had the same thing happen with Hank Aaron. Um, he died after he got the vaccine. So all kinds of doctors and scientists have come out warning people against the vaccine and talking about how this coronavirus fucking hysteria is um, uncalled for because the virus isn't as serious as they say and there are other ways to treat it, but they're being outlawed. And these type these people are being censored on YouTube, and the censorship has been stepped up like crazy. So if, if there's anyone who's not going along with the official narrative, they're getting their channel deleted, uh, they're getting their videos taken down, and uh, they're being attacked, and they're even being labeled as domestic terrorists because anybody who tries to convince you that maybe the vaccine isn't necessary or isn't safe. Um, is is prolonging this pandemic and they're going to make more people get sick with covid and die and uh that's what they're equating it to so critical thinking is is done away with and that new york times article that i read a couple shows ago is an example of this how um they just don't want people to think for themselves and that has always been the case but now they're actually coming out and saying it and saying that it's dangerous and and almost a crime it's a thought crime so, um, just, it's been such a weird year, and obviously there's a lot of things to mention, um, the contradictory nature of the entire response to this pandemic, and of course the politicians, the insider trading that happened before all this shit, uh, fucking, the one I like to refer to as Jim Murin, the former CEO of MGM, uh, who got his giant golden parachute deal, like 30-something million dollars to become the coronavirus task force leader of Nevada, appointed by his buddy Governor Lickasack, I mean Sisolak, uh, here in Nevada. Even though the guy's a fucking casino guy, he knows nothing about, he didn't go to school for, for responding to pandemics, he's a casino guy. But he was appointed to be the coronavirus task force leader, and he got a shitload of money for doing it. And uh, I also have a lot of questions for Jim Murin about what happened at the Las Vegas shooting. I think that shit, I don't believe any of that shit, man. So many questions to be asked. But all of the shootings and uh, these mass shootings have kind of fallen by the wayside and everything's all about COVID now. But you best believe Biden is still coming for your guns. 
because they don't they don't like us having guns. You know, very few countries across the world even have access to firearms, and that really is our our last vestige of um, resistance to to a complete fucking Nazi Germany is um, us having some guns and at least having that threat of violence to to protect ourselves. Even though most people would never even do it, and uh, it would be really hard to organize people to respond to like the military and the government. But they want to avoid that um in general for one cuz they don't want to look like the bad guys, you know, out there shooting people in an actual civil war. And uh yeah, number 2, it'd be hard to get the military to do that and like kill their own people. But maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But if you ask me this whole covid thing is just it's a uh, part of the Fucking one world government. It's all part of that shit. And anyone who doesn't see that is tripping. Or just a victim of the mind control and propaganda machine that has been employed against us. And which is, you know, scientifically backed up and uh, very well researched and a long time in the making. So... You can't really blame people who are going along with it and who are frightened and the people who want to wear the mask and they want to get the vaccine because that's what they're being told to do and they've been trained for this their whole entire lives to be obedient to these authority figures, people in the news, teachers, doctors. Uh, These are people whose image has been a long time in the making by this propaganda machine um, that is now doing all this shit that we see. (laughs) But most people don't care. And uh, most people are just living in their own little fantasy world and they're just happy that they're going to get this 1400 bucks. Uh, Never mentioning that's going to cost you $5,700 to get that 1400 Because they printed $1.9 trillion. There's 328 million of us. If you do the math, that means you're paying almost six grand to get that $1,400. Because anything the government prints... You got to pay for in the form of taxes. Uh, But facts don't matter and none of that shit matters. And it's been interesting to see the response from like celebrities, even people in the, um, particularly in the music business, because that's what I pay attention to. I guess I'm kind of in that. No one really listens to my shit, but um, I'm in it a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit about the music industry and how it works because it's such an important tool in in controlling the population and molding the culture to get it where you want to go. And people don't really realize how much music impacts them. So uh, a person who wants to become a musician and become famous um, as a musician, you know, become a rock star, a lot of the time the industry will get you when you're young. Um, and everything you know about the industry is wrong. So you're a young, talented musician. You have a major label rep come up to you and they say, I'm going to make you into a star. And they seek out these talented young songwriters um, and they 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 want to use them as a tool in the culture creation business. So they want to get them while they're young, take them under their wing, and use them as a tool in the culture creation business. And that's what the music business is. We have this idea, this prevailing notion that 
the cultural trends that are taking place are just spontaneous and that they have just arisen from uh, a grassroots origin and then everything is just random and then that's the way it goes and styles just changed because and because someone started wearing something different and then everyone started doing it. But culture is not spontaneous. It is a culture business and it is well-directed and they know where they want to take the culture and how they want to alter the culture. And um, they know where they wanted to take Western society in general since like the 1960s and really before the 60s. But you you really saw it with the introduction of rock and roll and with like the um, the UK invasion with like the Beatles and the Doors and all of that. And um, the these bands that were so huge and so influential were were controlled and they they were specifically created and made to make certain types of music that hadn't really been done before um, in order to mold the population and take take everyone in a certain direction in order to change the culture, to create a culture that was more easily controlled and directed. And really the, um, the goal of it, the ultimate goal was to destroy the family unit and destroy the, the existing culture, like the kind of, um, more traditional religious culture, uh, where a couple got married, they had children and the family stuck close together. And that's just the way it was. Um, because that that family unit is a tribal unit. It's it's a tribe that sticks together and they will do anything for each other. And they're the last vestige of resistance to a totalitarian government and to total governmental control by this um, by this cabal that that seeks to control the entire world. So in order to have that global control, you had to have a uniformity of culture. And you had to do away with the family unit. And a good way to do that, to mold the culture, was through fiction and particularly through music. But also in conjunction with uh, what people see on TV, um, you know, movies, and also the education you receive, like your public education. And also your higher higher education you get in the universities because that's part of it too. So, um... Now, when I mean the music industry would get you young, like they still do that today, but I'm particularly talking about the birth of rock and roll and these big bands like like the Beatles. So, so if you're any good, uh, you'd be taken in, and and the first thing they they would want you to do back in the day is to sign sign these contracts, and you sign your life away because you're young and dumb and and you don't know, and you're gonna be a fucking rock star, and you don't give a fuck. You're just like, yeah, I'll sign it. Make me into a rock star. And a lot of these bands, um, they're actually handpicked from a lineup of, of guys. And, and they're given a fake cover story from how they met. Not all the time, but a lot of the times this was the case. So you'd have all these musicians, and uh, they would handpick, they'd select these fucking people who have these musical talents, and then they would make bands out of them. And and uh, they would have a whole entire image, uh, beforehand that where the and and direction that they wanted this band to go. They would say like, "We need the guy to be this tall. We need them to dress like this." And they would have this whole shit all lined up, and they would have the hit songs already written for them before the band was even formed. Before they the 
the dudes even knew they were in the band, you know? And uh, a lot of the times this was the case. But we're given these stories that that this shit was just like a garage band. Like the Beatles were just playing in their garage one day and then they just became the biggest thing to ever happen across the world. But that's not the case. And it's the same thing with like Elvis Presley and uh, a lot of these these huge artists. Not into not... That doesn't take away from their musical talent or their musical ability, but it's just there's a machine behind these people that that actually make them into the stars they are, and there is a purpose behind it too. It's not all random, but we're led to believe that that this whole industry and this whole um, these cultural changes that have taken place were just completely random, but that's not the way it happens. Everything happens from the top down. And uh, so you got these guys who um, they're told that they're going to be stars. They're they're found by these managers for these major label reps or these major labels. <clears throat> they would find these dudes and be like, hey, you're going to be in this fucking band. We're going to make you famous. And um, they're given these directions from the top down about what kind of music to make right down to the language that they use. And they, they would actually use politically correct language in order to steer um, the vocabulary and the lexicon of of the generation. And that would go down to even like getting rid of gender-specific words, like saying her or, or him and replacing it with baby. And everyone became baby. And uh, that, that also had the effect of making people, keeping people in like a perpetual state of adolescence. Like, you know, if you're always being called a baby, maybe it has a little um, effect on your brain and, and the way you perceive reality. You're just a little fucking baby and you want to be told what to do. So there were things done like that. And the music that was made is not because the people wanted to hear it. Like the regular people in the bar decided that this was the best music and that's why it became popular. Um, it was the opposite. It came from the top down. You actually had people who would like sit around a table, you know, in suits and ties, these rich, probably white people, you know, European, English people, whatever, Illuminati motherfuckers who have nothing in common with with um, the people who will be actually listening to the music or the people who will be making the music. But they're the ones deciding what type of music will be made, what the next number song, number one song will be. Um, and they plan all that shit out. And you could see it right now, like, the Grammys just happened, and fucking, yeah, Cardi B, dude, and and that bullshit, the WAP song, like, that's not the best song in the world, but it's, that's the best song in the world, according to them, and uh, so it's pretty obvious that, that what they choose, what becomes popular is what's chosen to become popular, and there's a, there's an agenda behind it, so, yeah, you have these old fucking square ass, out of touch rich, white, wealthy people who are actually deciding what the youth's culture will be and uh, they're deciding what bands will make what songs. And then you got uh, you got these young guys and girls who they want to get famous, they want to be rock stars, and then they just, so they do whatever's hot. They're going to emulate whatever songs are popping and they're going to mimic that culture, they're going to dress that way, they're going to act that way, talk that way, make that kind of music. And uh, because monkey see, monkey do. If it's working, then, like, why fuck with it? Do what works. Um, 
so yeah, the big managers from the big companies get you to sign these contracts, and in these contracts, they might have uh, stipulations where you got to make so many albums per year, uh, you have to tour, and and to promote your shit. So you're traveling all the time, you're doing this live promotion, but at the same time, uh, you're you're supposed to be making these albums too, right? And this is back in the day, you know, the birth of rock and roll with with these big big bands in the '60s and '70s and stuff. So these guys are pretty fucking busy, and you're doing drugs all the time, banging a bunch of bitches and shit. Or maybe you're gay. A lot of them were gay, too. Uh, and that was all handpicked. Like, the people they chose and gave these roles were were handpicked for a reason. And But they always, they always promoted this notion that um, anyone could become a rock star as long as you're a talented musician and uh, you work hard and you're in the right place at the right time, you're going you're gonna to make it. And they still do that today, and it's especially prevalent in, like, rap music. You know, everyone, like, in that was a a joke, and you would hear that in rap songs all the time. Like, everyone in the hood wants to either be a fucking basketball player or, or a rapper, and it's, it's hella true. And that's, that, that is, um, gone to, like, everywhere. Everyone from every neighborhood now wants to do that. You don't have to be from the hood to, to, like, want that to be your future. Everyone wants that. <clears throat> so... You're traveling all the time, do it, you're touring and all this shit, but at the same time, you're supposed to be making these albums. You're supposed to be writing songs and recording these songs, but you don't got time to do that. So a lot of the times, these bands can't do it, so they'll hire someone to write the music for them. They hire a ghostwriter. And then the real writer of the songs, a lot of the time, they're never acknowledged, and the shit just goes under the band's name, and the person who wrote the song doesn't even own the copyright or any of that shit so there was places where these songwriters would go these ghostwriters and uh, they would meet up with these lab uh, these labels and these record execs and they would buy the songs from them like for cheap they'd buy the songs from the ghostwriters and um the guys who were selling the songs didn't know what band the songs were going to so they didn't really know what to sell them for because they didn't know like oh shit this song's going to the beatles like it's gonna be the biggest song in the fucking world so a lot of the times they would sell their song for nothing and uh, kind of get fucked because of it and never be known. And uh, that's kind of the way shit works behind the scenes here. So the labels, in the meantime, they would have these artists that they're building up and promoting and putting all of this money into, and uh, then they would give them these hit songs, and then they would make them the hit songs. It's not necessarily because they're the best songs, and like who is even to judge what the best song is because music is subjective. It's just the song that they're going to give all the shine to and they're going to say it's the number one song because they control all that shit. And uh, there was always a cultural purpose for the songs that were chosen and and the direction they wanted to take the culture. And um, and it's crazy to see now like how much shit has changed from like the music that my grandma used to listen to where it was like happy music, like you go to the dance and you meet the girl and fucking you guys are 15 or 16 and you have your first dance and uh, you go on and you get married and you spend your entire lives together. And that's just the way shit was. But now it's like fucking wet ass pussy, man. You you know, you're just fucking anything that moves and everyone is bisexual and it's like no one even wants to have a relationship because how can you now? How could you have a lifelong marriage <clears throat> when everyone is like brainwashed from the time they're a kid to fucking 
want to fuck everything and everyone and everything's so sexual and there's no monogamy and uh, a lot of people, fuck, people don't even know what their gender is. They're confused about that shit at a young age. So how could you have this lifelong meaningful relationship and a family and raise them together and have this picturesque um, life, you know, traditional life in this in this society we live in with the prevailing culture that's happening. So that's, <clears throat> this was all done intentionally. It wasn't, it wasn't like random. And uh, rap music came out of rock and roll, you know, through sampling and stuff. And it started out completely organic. And uh, it was just, you know, you had Cool Herc in the fucking rec room, just spinning records. And he was like the first DJ. And then you had people who started to rap over these records. And uh, it started off very positive. It was like party music. It was very fun. And uh, you had bands like Public Enemy and, and NWA or, yeah, well, yeah, a bunch of different bands like the golden era of hip hop where it was just, there was more of a message in the music and a lot of it was very positive because at the same time you had crack uh, invading these cities and just devastating the black community and um, and people were kind of trying to like, go against that and be like, that's not the way, you know? And there was there was a lot of positivity in that. But then rap kind of got hijacked too once it, they realized that could be a tool to control people <clears throat> and make money too. That got started to be influenced as well. And and then you have like nowadays where there's a lot of, there's a lot more freedom now with the internet and independence, but people still just do what's hot. They just copy what the mainstream's doing. That's what most people do. Because it works. And that's the way shit works. <clears throat> In a nutshell, you know, like the history of music and rock and roll is not really what we're led to believe. Like a lot of the times with um, these big rock stars, they actually had like CIA handlers and you can go into like MK Ultra and shit like that. And the weird things that happen to these people, especially the girls, man, these poor girls like getting raped by these people and, and, you know, they're using them as sex dolls and shit. Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus. Who knows what really fucking happens behind the scenes. But the, the fact of the matter is, is like, they make the stars. You know, they, they give them the look. They they seek out a certain type of personality. And they, they already have the gimmick for them already. They got the songs written. And not saying that every artist is completely fake and just an actor. There are talented, great musicians out there who write their own songs and stuff like that. But I think people um, misunderstand the entire like movement and the history behind it. Like There's a hidden machine that's making shit happen. And it's fucking crazy, man, when you really think of it. But when you... When you look at the the stars right now, especially in hip hop, like there's so many fucking trash ass garbage fucking rappers who are just promoting bullshit and it's like none of this shit is good for the community. None of it is like helping people be better people. It's it's all promoting you know, violence. Fucking and I'm gonna sound like an old man and especially cuz like I got music like that too. But you know, it's like drug rap, crack, crack rap is huge. You know, everyone wants to be a trapper. You got a whole trap music genre, the fucking Migos. And and then you got just like the slut rap, like Cardi B shit, where it's just, they claim to be feminists, but really they're just whores. 
<laughs> and that's like the most popular shit. So it's pretty obvious that like there's a hidden hand who's controlling stuff and and promoting this this um this really low like low um vibration shit and it's not it's not really aiming to get people towards uh closer to god i guess <laughs> i don't fucking know it's just funny man it's funny but the the whole goal of this machine that works behind the scenes and controls the music business in hollywood they aim to lead they don't want ideas coming from the bottom up they want to control things and implement them from the top down so they can lead the culture where they want it to go because they have a goal for where they want the culture to go and uh they have an extended time frame for for how they work things because uh they're part of like foundations and organizations that where if one person dies you have someone that takes over and the goal of the foundation or the organization remains the same and they're very well funded, funded by these Illuminati motherfuckers, you know? And uh, and if you want names for these organizations, it would be things like the Frankfurt School, uh, the New School, um, Tavistock, the Tavistock Institute, and things like that. And the military-industrial complex was involved in this shit. Like, you had the Grateful Dead in the 60s, and they're the ones who really popularized LSD, and you had this opening band that traveled around with them. And then this fucking tie-dye bus of hippies. When really some of these hippies straight up work for the fucking like CIA. And the military industrial complex. And there were these scientists that were experimenting with LSD. And they did all these experiments on people. And were just um, handing out acid. Which, pretty sweet, right? I like acid. I've done it a few times. But it's just crazy to to recognize that element in rock and roll and how it has been used to transform the the culture and the society into what it is today and what we're seeing. And uh it it was an important tool to get to get people to where they are today because imagine if people still had the same family values that they did 100 years ago or or 150 years ago better yet where people were still like all about the Bible and uh, and not to say that the world was perfect back then. You did have things like fucking slavery and, and all kinds of crazy shit. But um, you did have a stronger family unit and um, and like a history of the culture. Like families stuck together and, and uh, there was a, I don't know, what's the word? You just had a tradition. You had a tradition with your family, and you stuck together. Nowadays, everything's so scattered, and uh, and everyone's alone, kind of. And and that's what happens when uh, when that's what you do to the culture when you when you intentionally use um, artwork and and uh, music to to fuck up the culture and to destroy the family unit because. They they destroyed monogamy in order to destroy the family unit because it's easier to control an isolated individual. And they aim the music at the young people because young people are very impressionable. They're fucking stupid and arrogant. They think they know everything, so they're very easily influenced. And uh, so there you go. That's That's kind of your very poorly done hidden history of rock and roll and music as seen by me, and I'm sure a lot of uh, rock star historians will just say it's all bullshit, but it's true, man. There's there's some crazy shit going on behind the scenes, 
and music is used um, to influence the culture more than more than you would know. And I've seen it personally, you know. I've seen like friends of mine who started listening to like certain type of music and just become all about that lifestyle, you know. And uh, they they want to do what they hear in the song. And a lot of the time, the guys making the song, they don't really sell those drugs. They're not really killing people and shit like that. Um, but they're saying they are because either that's what they're told to say or they're just mimicking what's popular. And a lot of the times it's that. And then you got like the kids listening to this shit and they think that that's the way to be and that's what's cool. And, uh, you know, you got them, they start selling drugs or robbing people and end up dead or in jail. And I've seen that, we've all seen that happen to a lot of people. So it's just interesting to look at. And then now you have, like I said, like independent musicians because the internet really leveled the playing field and you didn't have to have a major record label and you could like promote yourself and, uh, you know, become popping on the internet. But a lot of the time, what, what the what the internet rappers and and um, rock stars are doing are just they're mimicking what the fucking whatever's hot at the time. They use the same type of beats and the same type of um, song topics and and all that shit. So I, that's why you don't really see very much like original shit because people just copy whatever's working. And why wouldn't you, right? If if your goal is to like become popular and become a rock star, which a lot of the times it is. If if you've worked that hard as an independent musician to become popular, you're not going to like sacrifice that by going out on a limb and talking about something that nobody else is talking about because that could be like career suicide. And that's also why I think a lot of musicians who know more than <clears throat> what they lead on to know that's why they don't talk about the COVID shit on social media. That's why they won't make no music about it or whatever. You know, they stick to the, the topics that, that work, which is, um, I don't know, just the gangster rap shit. You know, that's what's hot. That's what's selling. That's what people want to hear. Not necessarily, but that's what, um, that's what's promoted. That's what's going down. And uh, I like it. You know, I'm, I'm not a hater. Don't Don't think that I'm a hater on all this shit just because I'm pointing this out. Um, I'm just pointing out the way things are, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know if that made sense. Ah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into some articles here. Um, and by the way, most of that information that I, that I came at you there, that came from like Alan Watt, because Alan Watt was a, he was a musician. He was one of those ghostwriters that worked for the industry, and he saw the inner workings of this machine, and he really studied it and figured out how it worked. And, uh, so... I refer to a lot of his shit, but there's also um, other researchers and writers that have like documented the um, the rise of rock and roll and kind of the hidden hand, the hidden hand behind the music industry and how things work. And w- another weird thing to point out is the connection between like the military and these rock stars, like fucking Jim Morrison from The Doors. His dad was the captain of the ship. In the Gulf of Tonkin, which was the reason for the start of the Vietnam War. Like, he was the captain of that ship for the false flag of the Tonkin incident, which was the reason for the entire fucking Vietnam War. Like, what are the odds of that? And then your son is just Jim Morrison. So, a lot of the times these people are fucking molded and, like, they have their handlers and they're they're fucking 
made to be these stars and they're they're part of these families that are um you know they have the right blood and stuff and a lot of the times maybe if you you become popping without you're not part of that family maybe you'll have an early death or if you start uh speaking out against shit like john lennon you know maybe he was going to expose uh the inner workings of this and you get killed and you know it happens countless times you know you got tupac you got biggie you got fucking Capital Steez, XXX Tentacion. A lot of people, man. A lot of people been killed. Bob Marley. Like, there's a lot of weird, um, a lot of questions to be answered about about these uh, musicians' deaths and and what's really going on behind the scenes here. MK Ultra, the mind control, the fucking the sex shit, and who the fuck really knows, right? I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a different perspective here. Uh, in other news. Let's read about other news. Something that's going on here. I'll just read you the Yahoo headlines because they're always so weird and ridiculous. Half a ton of marijuana valued at over $8 million found by dog on routine traffic stop. That's a lot of weed. That's a lot of weed. 1,000 pounds of weed. Uh, A bunch of stupid shit. A bunch of stupid shit. Oh, this was a good one. Indiana man allegedly kills four members of ex-girlfriend's family over stimulus check. They must have had a lot of kids. That must have been a good stimmy right there. If you want to kill kill the whole fucking family, that's nuts. And then you got this guy who shot all the um, the chicks at the Asian massage parlors, dude. Weird looking fucking guy with a neck beard went and just shot these girls because... I don't know, because they were given hand jobs, I guess. I don't know the reason behind it. That's crazy. Poor ladies, man. There's been this um, this narrative that they're promoting in the mainstream media lately of this like racism against Asian people that's supposedly taking place. I don't really see it, but apparently it's happening. Um, I've heard incidents like in the Bay of people beating the fuck out of some Asian people, which is obviously terrible and horrific. Like, why would anyone do that? But, um, I don't know. I, it's, it's weird whenever they try to promote this, like certain minority factions are being targeted. I, I always, I'm always suspicious of that. And like, what is the real purpose behind this? Uh, this is a interesting one. So it says cave of horror discovery, lost dead sea scroll fragments, an ancient child mummy. The mummified remains of a child who lived about 6,000 years ago and fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls have been discovered at a legendary site in Israel known as the Cave of Horror. So if you don't know about the Dead Sea Scrolls, look look them up. It's really interesting stuff. There are these scrolls that were found in this, this cave in Israel and they um, were written thousands and thousands of years ago on these papyrus uh, these sheets of papyrus, and, ah, man, I don't know, I can't even explain it right, but I know they have a lot to do with, like, the Bible, and the Quran, and just these ancient legends, and they kind of, um, went along with that, and, 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 uh, had these prophecies and shit, and there's, there's definitely something to them, it's, it's crazy. Archaeologists also found a 10,000-year-old woven basket believed to be the oldest of its kind, as well as a trove of ancient coins and clothing in the cave, which can only be reached by rappelling down a sheer cliff. The Israel Antiquities Authority called the discoveries in the Judean desert astounding. 
when it announced the find this week. This is a historic discovery on an international level at this time. Raz Froelich, the director of the Ministry of Sports and Culture, said in a news release. So there you have it right there. Just just to reiterate, because that goes along with um, what I was just talking about, the music business. Every country has a culture industry, a culture department. So like this guy, Rans Froelich, is the director of the Ministry of Sports and Culture in Israel. So like governments actually have a an entire organization set up to guide the culture. And they do it. They they really do it. It's just they don't really talk about it. The agency said it found about 80 fragments of biblical texts, the first new Dead Sea Scrolls discovered in more than half a century. Uh, During a scientific excavation, scholars were stunned by the 1900-year-old fragments. So, okay, there's a 10,000-year-old basket, a 6,000-year-old mummy, and 2,000-year-old fragments of the paper. What? How do they date in this shit? Uh, we found a, text, a textual difference that has no parallel with any other manuscript, either in Hebrew or in Greek. Oren Abelman, a Dead Sea Scroll researcher with the Israeli Antiquities Authority, told the Associated Press. Another exciting aspect about this scroll is that despite most of the text being in Greek, the name of God appears in ancient Hebrew script, known from the times of the First Temple in Jerusalem, the Israel Antiquities Authority said in a statement. One fragment, one fragment included a passage from Zechariah 8.16-17. through 17. It says, These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to one another. Render true and perfect justice in your gates. And do not contrive evil against one another. And do not love perjury, because all those are things that I hate, declares the Lord. Another, feature, another featured a passage from Nahum 1.5-6. through 6. The mountains quake because of him, and the hills melt. The earth heaves before him, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his wrath? Who can resist his fury? His anger pours out like fire, and rocks are shattered because of him. Zechariah and Nahum were part of the book of the twelve minor prophets in the Hebrew scripture and the Old Testament in the Christian Bible. The cave was the last refuge of dozens of Jewish rebels who hid there during the Bar Koba revolt against Roman Emperor Hadrian from uh, AD 132 through 136. Dozens of skeletons were found during excavations in the 60s, leading to the cave's grim nickname. The latest discovery contained traces of their lives, including everyday items and even coins minted during the revolt that featured Jewish symbols such as a harp and a date palm. So if you're interested in uh, learning more about this, I think the history, like the biblical history, is pretty fascinating. There's definitely something, something happened, man, a long time ago, and I, I don't really know what it was. A lot of people like to write off every religion as just bullshit and like a way to control people, which, yeah, has been used to that purpose. But uh, science is being used as that now. Science is a new religion that really doesn't give a fuck about anyone because there's no morality or anything like that, and it's treated like a religion. But I definitely think there's something something bigger going on and that people thousands of years ago were closer to that and more aware of it. Um, so, interesting stuff. Another article here says, Portland is sick and tired of anarchist violence and destruction, officials say. 
Elected officials and community leaders in Portland, Oregon, joined together on Monday in calling for an end to the violence, destruction, and intimidation by far-left anarchists who have spent nearly nine months wreaking havoc in the city amid ongoing protests against racism and police brutality. The community is sick and tired of people engaging in criminal destruction and violence and doing it under the guise of some noble cause, Mayor Ted Wheeler said during a news conference, uh, according to the Associated Press. Is this the guy that was like, ran off of his own speech? I think it was. He's the younger guy. Let me see here. Maybe I was the mayor of Seattle. I don't know. I remember seeing a funny clip of this guy just being shamed out of his own fucking city. Uh, I'm not going to continue reading that, but what, what's been happening in Portland's nuts, dude, with the Antifa shit? Uh, and that's something that's not really getting talked about much um, in the mainstream news. Everything's COVID. I don't know. Uh, what else we got here? Well, you know, in other news, with the introduction of the stimulus, the two trillion, one point nine trillion. Of course, it's one point nine for COVID nineteen, right? Can't just be two trillion. Um, we've been seeing for fucking a long time now. Just the price of all, all the goods and and rent and just services and everything is just going up, up, up. Everything's becoming more expensive because inflation. They're printing all of this money. At like record rates, so money is becoming worth less and less. And that's why it's smart to invest in cryptocurrency. Because whereas the the dollar has an unlimited amount they can print, which means that it's inflation is going to occur and the dollar is be, going to become worth less. Um, pretty much all of these cryptocurrency coins, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and you know, there's a bunch of them. There's like thousands. I'm not saying they're all good. A lot of them are shit coins, but... Uh, they have a limited amount, which means that the, the price of them will go up, you know? So that's why you can make money on that shit. Whereas if you just kept your money in the bank as cash, it's just losing value day by day and becoming worth less and less. It says, uh, this one's by Tyler Durden. This is from Zero Hedge. Uh, forget the Fed. Here comes another helicopter. Oh, I'm sorry. This is by George Saraveos, global head of FX research at Deutsche Bank. As the market awaits the FOMC meeting, it is important to highlight a development in dollar liquidity that will take place irrespective of the Fed in coming weeks. The literal injection of around a trillion Fed-printed dollars into the U.S. economy, a textbook helicopter drop of money, first discussed in, uh, and then it has a link to blah, 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 another article. Uh, the mechanics of this injection are simple. The U.S. Treasury issued too much bonds at the peak of the crisis last year, which the Federal Reserve bought up via extreme amounts of QE. This extra cash was then placed on deposit at the Fed by the U.S. Treasury, ring fence from the financial system and the economy. It's now being deployed into the market via the mailing out of paychecks, as well as the other components of the Biden stimulus signed into law last week. Some of it will be spent, some of it used by equities, and others kept in cash. But from a financial market perspective, what is important to highlight is that this is a near literal helicopter drop of dollars worth about a trillion. 
Uh, dollar implications run two ways. On the positive side, further liquidity injections and heightened inflation fears will lead the market to continue to question the Fed's commitment to not hike rates under its new regime. And on the negative side, uh, such helicopter drops are textbook currency debasements in addition to the near-term downside impact they are having on very front-end yields. Uh, so we have taken a much more neutral stance on the dollar in quarter one of this year, reflecting the competing tensions between those two narratives, but ultimately lean in the dollar negative direction. Either way, the policy experiment is about to accelerate. So I don't know if you guys fucking understand that shit. It's crazy financial talk. All I know is you should probably buy some Bitcoin. Probably buy some Bitcoin. We got a little time left in the bull run. You could still get in on it. Or you could buy Ethereum. I'm a big fan of Ethereum. I think it's going to pop soon, but but who knows? I don't know. It hasn't done it yet. It hasn't done it yet. You got those NFT coins too, though, that are popping too. So let's see. Let's get a quick update on uh, how we're looking with the cryptocurrency. I'm on CoinGecko here. All right, we're up a bit. We got Bitcoin up to $56,936. Ethereum sitting at a healthy $1,820. Before it's pump up to five thousand here next week, Cardano been doing pretty good. One twenty six, one point two six that is, and uh, Theta, Theta. I'm a big fan of Theta, man. It's at up to seven dollars and twenty four cents. So I don't know. Do what you want. Look into it. And if any architects are out there listening, uh, come over to Carson City and build something cool. I'm sick of looking at all these shitty buildings. Actually, let's talk a little bit more. Ah, I'm not going to read this fucking whole article to you guys. It's really long. I'll post this other article about inflation if that's something that you're interested in. Because this is going to have a huge effect on uh, everything. You know, It's the price of everything. We see the the price of gas going up. The price of everything going up, just regular groceries, meat, and and all this stuff, and um, I think things are just going to keep getting worse, so, you know, have a plan, and hopefully have some food or something, man, because who the fuck knows what can happen. Look at what happened in uh, Texas, and how they, you know, the ice storm there that fucked everything up. Anything could happen, especially now as we go into the summer. And they're going to start cranking up the the fucking wildfire machines, burning down California and shit. Who knows what will happen, man. The future is grim. But that's okay. And uh, things will be all right. But I'm going to get out of here. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. Peace out. That the days are loaded Everybody rolls With their fingers crossed Everybody knows The war is over Everybody knows The good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this 
broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates in the long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me, baby Everybody knows that you really do Everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many people you just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. 